talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. Because they put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. I don't really need to touch the steering wheel there, Tom. Oh, I'm sure there's some math. So SpaceX, <laughs> here's the deal. Um, landing a rocket... On a drone ship is key. Charger, 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 <laughs> charger. How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? Safety. Charger, charger, charger. <laughs> you know, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. Just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. Super. All the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. You don't even have to I remember that. You've got a Model X. I have seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's Ready? Are you sure? Hey, so talking Tesla number 90. That's true, but there is a key component to the show missing today. Ah, let's see. What could that be? Hey, Google, where's Mel? My apologies. I don't understand. Yeah, we don't either. So yeah. Mel is en route, en route, en route to uh, someplace in Africa. Africa. We think it could be... Kenya, Mozambique, yes. or one of the other countries. There's hundreds of places technically he could yeah, be. Could he be Ivory Coast. He oddly enough decided not to tell us where he was going in case we wanted to <laughs> Africa stalk him. Because I was. Can't you still find friends him? I had rented a giant lion suit because I was going to like follow him around and jump out no matter where he was in Africa. He said he is going on safari. Yeah, of course he is. And he's going to visit some of the enormous solar farms in Africa. Yeah. Not, I don't know, maybe he will. Wow, what is that? What was that? Just so snarky, even to begin the show. We're talking about Africa, and you have to get all solar snarky. Mr. First World over there. Actually, Africa's pretty forward. They have, uh, I think it was in... Kenya. There's a uh, program. One of the guys that I work with has a home or a ranch over there, and the government will subsidize a solar kit for people's homes where you get a panel, nice. you get a light. It's like an LED light for at night, a phone charger, and a battery for like less than 100 bucks. Nice. The demo- democratization of electricity yeah. in Africa. It's like the superchargers. You know, Elon said now that they're continuing to work to make them all solar-powered and battery-backupped mm-hmm. so they could go off-grid. Nice. How, how amazing would that be? Maybe he'll bring back free supercharging if he doesn't have to pay for it anymore. Because the sun is going to provide all that energy? Yeah, yeah maybe you figured that maybe out pretty in 30, quickly. Maybe in 30 years. <laughs> maybe in 30 years. So should we start the show? I see here at the top of the show notes one... Mr. Robert now has like a sort of a, a man crush relationship with Elon. <laughs> you've 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 started to call him Elon. I refuse. I'm going to call him Elon because I feel yeah. like it. Uh, e goes with electricity. I'm sorry. E. E goes the with emphasis the, on the Elon e goes like yeah. E E drive. You e lost this. me on that one. So there's a tweet here. That's not hard. About there's a tweet here from Elon to which you responded. And then he responded. So, so far, you've had two Twitter conversations with Elon. Yeah, and if you consider he, has, the... he has sent you a total of how many words? Yeah, I'd say Three? a conversation and nine words doesn't <laughs> quite make it. The first, So the first one was eight. Is that what you're saying? And this one was one. one. Yeah. 
Nice. Well yeah, done. I, don't, I never counted, honestly. It's just <laughs> sort of the it's sort of the acknowledgement. It doesn't matter. Yeah. People okay. are people are having a fun time with it. I'm getting yeah. tweets that are like, you know, you've communicated with God again, which I thought let's not, not quite. Yeah, let's not, not quite. Let's not go there with Elon. But I thought it was interesting. He had announced while I was in the car, frustrated with the tune in in the car, right? Tune in is the sort of like feed that you can get music and podcasts. And I'm frustrated with it because so often the podcasts that I want to listen to are not available. It just says loading error. I only rock out when I'm driving the Tesla. Yeah, evidently that's Elon's deal too. So you and Elon have our, you and Elon have a connection. You only like to listen to music. And so evidently he does as well. And so he announced this new Tesla DJ station as I was pulling into the into the house. And I thought, oh, this is cool. Let me check it out. And I put Tesla, T-E-S-L-A in the search bar and the tune in. Mm-hmm. And all that came up was a Tesla symbol. And the word underneath was heard, H-E-A-R-D. And I thought, hmm, not, not what I was expecting. And so I tweeted back, is that the station? And he said, yeah. And, and it, you know, that's, you know, the name of his girlfriend, her name is Amber Heard. Well, it's also the uh, the word that says when you're hearing things or ha- the that past you, or the past tense of hearing yes. things. Yes. English is your some third sort language. Of adverb or verb or <laughs> noun or adjective. It's some some grammatical uh, thing. I don't past uh, tense verb. Yes. I'm not a strong grammar person. Right. And Would I don't you... really care. Yeah. Because uh, I'm a I'm a communicator. I'm like, uh, yeah. I'm the decider. You're the decider. <laughs> That's huge. And so he confirmed it, and uh, I started listening to it, and I thought, my God. I went on a drive. I listened to probably a dozen songs, and all but one of them I thought were fantastic. And I thought, uh-huh. how is it that other people are listening to the same music that I'm? I'm like, how many people listen to Glenn Campbell? I mean, I only listened How? to one Glenn Campbell tune, and that would be Wichita Lineman. Well, isn't that a great song? It's a great song. Yeah, and it's about electricity. But is there another Glenn Campbell song <laughs> I'm listening to? Absolutely not. It's and just not happening. Like John Lee Hooker. Yeah, good. He's yeah? Very I good. don't know any yeah. young people who listen to John Lee Hooker. Uh, well, you, I turn maybe my you son don't know any it. young people. That's true, possibly. <laughs> but I'll, I do work with a lot of residents. But the point is, uh-huh. I thought, how could everybody on the Tesla channel love the music that I love so much? And then one of the Tesla, uh, one of the fellows who follow me on Twitter, I think, mentions that, uh, you know, I actually think this is an algorithm that's been put together by Tesla that's based on all the songs you've liked in uh-huh. the past while yeah. you're driving mm-hmm. in the car. And the reason- So you think that it's based on <laughs> analytics and you didn't even – you weren't even able to come up with that hey, on your own. Hey, you needed help. When, when Elon <laughs> tweets directly to me, I know he's built the car for me, right? It's this personal sensation, uh. this personal – Sometimes You're I wonder it, which you? one of you, <laughs> you or Elon or Mel, has more hubris about their standing in life. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I was going to tell you, yes, it's probably some sort of algorithm. <laughs> well, it's not like there's a DJ on the second floor of the Tesla factory just rocking out some tunes and playing it live yeah. to the music. And that's what's getting streamed into the cars. 
But that's well, a good thought on your your hand. So it's a bummer for this fellow mm-hmm. who wrote to me uh, because he's the second owner of the car, and mm-hmm. he's really unhappy. There's no reset feature on this. There thing. is a reset feature on the music on the whole car. playlist. Can't you? There's like a reset to factory settings that wouldn't reset the music. That could. I wonder if he hasn't tried it because I guess he's stuck listening to like death rock or grindcore. He or has something your like car. That. No. He has someone else's car. He has someone else's oh, car. okay. Probably someone who just listens to a lot of music he just hates. Poor fella. He should just sit in there and just start putting in his own things. I mostly listen to uh, Nirvana. Nirvana. And a it's it's the man who sold the world station. My own personal station is one yeah. of my. Also, Sarah Jarose. I'm all over the place. A little bluegrass, a little punk rock. Yeah. A little alternative. That's sort of my jam. Put it up to eight. You ever heard? Uh, Open the window. You ever listen to the band Earth? No. You should check it out. It's very Nirvana, dark. Not the band Earth, Wind and Fire. No, 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 no. Just about. Earth. Okay, let's get on with the dang show. It's not time for the app and media pick yet, man. Hey Google, what's Tesla's stock price today? As of eleven fifty four a.m. Eastern Daylight Time today, the price for Tesla shares is three hundred sixty dollars and forty six cents on Nasdaq, up zero point eight eight percent from last Friday. Shabam! And so it continues towards launch. He had a shareholders meeting, and and everybody's very very positive about the direction of the Tesla. And so the first story we have today is something that you put on here about Project Love Day. And I'm assuming this is not a super villain, I'm Project Love Day kind of situation that Elon has put into play. So please explain. No, this is the uh, the project. So there was a uh, Tesla fan who mentioned uh, that his daughter wanted to know why Tesla doesn't advertise and that they should have a contest for people to make commercials to then feature in Tesla advertisements, like paid advertisements. And Elon thought that was a great idea. And Project Love Day, which is their name, uh, was born. And the deadline for submissions was over one week ago today. So in other words, last Monday, the submissions were due. And if you look on Reddit, there is actually a lot of submissions. People got it really serious about this. And in fact, I pulled down a playlist of some 48 uh, videos and uh, I got down to about number 24. I found four that I really liked. How about you, Tom? I went to the Reddit. I saw a very long list. I clicked on about 10 of them. I like none of them. Oh, wow. Not one of them. Yeah. But maybe I just randomly clicked on some bad ones. I would not have picked any of them as a commercial for Tesla. In yeah. my opinion, yeah. some of them were cute, adorable, funny, even, yeah. but not commercially viable, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that there were a couple that were rather cinematic, sort of reminded me of like BMW ads, probably something that Elon would like. But I thought I saw a trend, a trend of little kids who were rather cute, speaking in very cute voices, and people just really hyper-focusing on these little kids, thinking that, well, Elon seems to respond a lot to kid stuff because he has kids. And I thought that was sort of a way for people to sort of like endear themselves. Gaming the system, as it were. Gaming the system. So what I will say is if Tesla Nation wants to go to this Reddit and they've got all kinds of free time, Ah. watch the videos, send us your favorites via the Twitter, and I'll I'll look at your favorites. Yeah. But I have a feeling I'm going to get all of them on a list of favorites because 
there'll be, you know, 100 people and they'll all like 10 different ones. And well, so I'll like, be back to the entire list again anyways and I won't watch any of them. The plan is that we really want to see a video that Tesla would use to advertise the car. Something you would expect to see at the Super Bowl halftime, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I haven't seen any of that. No, me neither. And so there's actually a link here to 48 videos that are all queued up. Whoa. So all you have to do is start it and let them go, and you can watch for, you know, an hour and a half. Do you have to put, like, uh, like uh, what do you call them? No. Toothpicks in your eyelids <laughs> to keep your eyes open while no, you're No, you can just it? do, like, what Elon does and drink a lot of caffeine. Hey, yo. All righty. And now, because we talked oh about God. the stock price, yes. we're going to move on to Tesla becoming the fourth most valuable car company in the world from a story from Electric. Can we do it as well as Mel? No, nobody can do it as well as Mel. But Mel's not here as I've stated. So, yeah, last year, uh, these uh, financial numbers came out. You know, BMW delivered like 2 million cars. Tesla, not even 80,000 cars. And this is a market cap situation, not necessarily a how many units sold, obviously, because BMW sold 2 million cars last year and Tesla sold 80,000. It's about what's going to happen in the future, right? Right. Has a lot more to do with things like Powerwall, Powerpack, and where Tesla is going, sort of owning everything from, you know, the the uh, I guess the best analogy, but not a good one, is well to wheel. He, you know, Tesla owns and controls the whole system all the way through. They do, yeah. And a Facebook millionaire turned venture capitalist, and man, there must be a lot of those guys around, right? Uh, he said that the Model 3 is already stealing sales from the BMW 3 Series even before they started delivery. So if you're out there and you're sitting around, you're thinking, I'm going to go buy a BMW 3. Maybe I'll just wait and buy a Model 3. But the paradigm seems a little weird because you wouldn't have to just be sitting around waiting. You would have had to almost, what, eight months ago now? Put in a deposit if you're at all interested in having a car right. before your children finish college. Yeah, do people really uh, plan ahead that much? At this much? point, right, to buy a BMW. Like, I don't know that I've ever, prior to Tesla, been like, I think I'm going to buy a new Toyota in 19 months. I wonder if I should call them and start thinking about it. Right. If your car is going down, you want a new car. And if the car is not available, you're not going to buy it. They show a graph in this uh, article. I think it's more speculation. But did you hear about Hyundai? Did you know Hyundai makes an electric car? I did. They make an Ionic. Yeah. And they've increased their production because of higher demand. But they're having a problem. Yes, they're having a problem with LG. Yes, the supplier of batteries to Chevrolet and numerous car manufacturers. LG Chem is struggling to keep up with the demand. And uh, Korea's Hyundai has been uh, expecting two times higher uh, EV sales due to – it was interesting. The Korean ET News says they call it EV syndrome. Mm. Did you know you have – EV syndrome. You probably have less 
of a of an infectious rate of EV syndrome than I do. I do. Yeah. Why? Well, I don't know. Maybe actually you're having rage. I've owned as many EVs as you have. But maybe you're having EV rage right now because you don't have your EV. That's true. Although I got to, I drove it several times over the weekend, and mm. I spent a fair amount of time looking at the pre-owned Tesla S's yeah. on the website because there are a ton of them. But let's talk about this Hyundai. So what we hear is that LG might be struggling to supply batteries. They are also supplying batteries to the Bolt, so maybe that took up a lot of their production. That uh, is very, very possible. Now, the Ionic EV, the EV version, there's three versions of this Ionic, a hybrid, Mm -hmm. an EV, and a third one. Yeah. (laughs) That is different, right? And so it's interesting because I went to the Ionic website. It's clearly only available in California as of now, although in this article they talk about uh, highest EV incentives being in New York and Ontario, but it doesn't really matter. Now, one thing that was interesting, and we've talked about this in relation to uh, the Model 3, is that this car only comes in four colors. Interesting. Right, right? so they've minimized those options. Probably more than the Model 3, right, which will only be in black. Yeah, it's going to be in black with, with orange tires is what I – No. That was the last God. the last thing that I heard. No? That's <laughs> no, right. it's going to be all black. No, all black. All right. With uh, – Either you just choose your tires. Right. So in California, you can buy three different trim levels, and each of them has a different monthly cost. And in, they're also doing the subscription service. So it's either 275 305 or 365 fully loaded, and that includes the cost of charging, which I don't really understand how they're going to work this out. But apparently you might get a check every month depending on how many miles you drive the Ionic. Anyway, at the full $365 a month, over three-year lease would be about $13,000 cost of transportation. So if you're out there and you can't afford a $100,000 Tesla, which I don't know, maybe almost all of you can't, the Ionic is available in California. Oh, wait. You have to not want to spend $100,000 on a car and you have to also live in California. It's a really good-looking car. It's pretty cool. Yeah. 125 miles of range. It does have some fast charging, which will refill its battery to about 80% of its 125 miles of range in about 20 to 30 minutes. Also, because we've been talking about it, ad nauseum, 23.8 square feet of cargo space in this car. Look, so loving how you're good. digging deep onto this. I know. This. I was just getting down into the deal. So if you want to buy this car outright... $36,000 with every option, and you get 10000 back. So pretty decent, 125-mile yeah. range, a nice sedan. It's got that Hyundai bumper-to-bumper freaking warranty on all kinds of on all kinds of everything on it. And so 26000 bucks, you can get yourself a 125-mile range EV right now with fast driving. And that's for the top-of-the-line guy. Yeah, and so it uses the same CCS-SAE combo charging that the BMWs use. And that's getting built out, you know, all the time. I'm seeing new chargers in that respect, although I'm not actually tracking them. And the Bolt. So Tesla. Tesla joins the Fortune 500. That's pretty impressive. Last Wednesday, it was announced that Tesla has now been placed number 383 on the Fortune 500 list. And that's because uh, they pulled in $7 billion in revenue in 2016. This bump is uh, partially due to the acquisition of SolarCity, uh, as well as power packs and non-auto sales. But the majority of their sales are in cars and 
Now, where are they going to go after the Model 3 starts delivering in mass? They're going to go through the roof unless so like, they screw it up royally. What, so if they're 383 now, where do you think they'll be in a year? Oh, is this like a, another wager situation? Like Mel's not even here. I think in one year, if everything can phone it in. if everything goes well, they will reach two eighty four. Mm. That's my number. Yeah, I, this would be a complete number out of my one year today. Oh yes, no, I, as opposed to my number, which was made out of critical analysis <laughs> and long term market research. I'll, I'll say three hundred. I like round numbers. Honestly, I don't even know what the market cap of the 284th <laughs> largest company on the Fortune 500 is. But it's based on sales. So if you get Fortune magazine, you'll you'll see Tesla's name in there. That's exciting. Probably not the first time. Probably not the last time. <laughs> oh, and my. now for something completely different. It's only a flesh wound. <laughs> Tesla Roddy has announced, put in... It's magazine, it's online, it's digital edition, news of a new Easter egg from super geek Elon Musk. Robert, I'm assuming this made you happier than almost any other Easter egg in the history of Tesla. However, I don't think I get any of them. Why is that? I don't know. They just I, I looked today yeah. for the Easter egg in the car. You know how you're supposed to push the Tesla thing? Your uh, car thing comes up Easter and then egg. you move it around? That this doesn't is, exist in my This is automobile. more like Easter egg-ish. No, this is an Easter egg, but I don't have the listing of the other Easter eggs, right. as it were. And this one and does And is yours what? up to date? Yeah, it's up to date-ish. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. I don't stop my car from updating itself. It just... I haven't looked in the old S to see if, they, if that pop-up Easter egg thing... Exists in I'll the old S. So June 8th tweet by Elon. And yes, I refuse uh, once again to call him Elon. <laughs> what must the engineers at Tesla think when he walks in and asks them to add this voice command to all the other interesting, important, and very difficult things they're working on? You know what I'd like? I'd like you to be able to listen to a Monty Python clip just with a voice command. Make it happen. And they did. <laughs> and they, they sure did. did right? <laughs> Although I will say this. It makes being a Tesla owner fun. They're always adding new stuff, thinking about the experience. It's so much more refreshing than most of the car industry, oh which is God. here's your car. Sorry, it sucks. Uh, most of the problems in that particular situation, in my opinion, are dealer-driven, right? It's the dealer experience and the way in which we are forced to to interact with them in an adversarial fashion. Katie, we spoke about her last week buying a Bolt or two weeks ago. Right. Her relationship with the dealer was horrific. It was terrible. There was a back and forth. There was an obnoxiousness. She walked away and left, and, and they called her back the next day. Why do we want to do that when purchasing something that's supposed to give us joy right. and and have fun? And make our lives more convenient. Right. right. So now you can sit in your Tesla, push the voice command button, and what do you say? You say, Tesla, uh, play a Monty Python clip for me, and and it will. Boom. I think it's great. Yeah. I think uh, I think this, again, makes everything fun. And there is lots of good comedy on the Tesla. So if you have one, you like to laugh, you're in autopilot, you won't be too distracted. And if your it. friend has one, go in his car and screw up his algorithm. 
No more driving of cars. Do <laughs> you know what they call that? I have no idea. Autonomous driving. I saw a guy today on the freeway. Yeah. I was driving back from Oak Park. I could have sworn he was driving autonomously because I looked over. He was in a Tesla. Yeah. I was in my car. Yes. I looked over at him and he was clearly on his telephone. Yes. But his car was all over the place in the in the lane. So I thought for an instant he was mm. he was in, engaged in autopilot. But here's a question for you because I don't have autopilot, as you know. Yes. I saw him. He went ahead of me yes. uh, about 100 yards or so. Mm-hmm. And he was erratic. He was like on the left side of the lane, on the right side of the lane, the left side of the lane. And he was clearly he had his head down for most of the time. But then he changed lanes. The yeah. Tesla changed lanes without a signal. So that no. means autopilot was not engaged, right? Because you can't change the car itself. If it's in autopilot and it decides to change lanes. You have to initiate that by turning on the turn signal. Right. So he was not in autopilot. Maybe so he, he was just a guy. So if you're the guy yeah. driving down the 101 today uh, texting, your autopilot wasn't on. Yeah, maybe just that so was, you know. <laughs> maybe he didn't realize that yeah. it wasn't on. I saw him just drifting close to either lane, and I was like, "Wow, he must have Mel's wavy line autopilot situation." <laughs> but it turns out it wasn't on. No, it's uh, and a couple of times I've disengaged the autopilot and wasn't certain, yeah, that it had happened. And I'm like, "What the hell's going on? The car's heading over the edge of the line, and Stupid sure enough, car. it wasn't on." But Joel Sapp sent us this story from AP News about autonomous vehicles with no human backup. In bold, no human backup will be put to the test on publicly traveled roads as early as next year in what may be the first attempt in unassisted autonomous piloting, which I don't like that terminology. Unassisted. It's like no the don't... autonomous piloting. Oh, that part. If I was a pilot, I'd be like, "What are you talking about? You're not piloting. You're not even, it's not even a boat pilot. It's well, like you're driving." They're actually talking about putting vehicles without a steering wheel and without any pedals. Right. So this on is the road. This is a combination deal with Delphi and the French transport company Transdev to use autonomous taxis and a shuttle van to carry passengers on roadways in France. Exactly. They will be deployed in Rouen, Normandy, and the shuttle van will run between a rail station and a campus in the University District of Paris-Saclay, located about 27 kilometers, which I have no idea how far that is. That might be 18 feet. I don't understand the terminology. Oh, my goodness. From Eiffel Tower or the center of Paris, which are basically in the same— It's about 10 miles. —sort of situation. Uh, so, yeah, about this is 10 cool. miles. Yeah, and, very, and it might start cool. even as early as the end of this year. And Delphi is the uh, organization, big company, supplies GM with tons of their uh, vehicle integrated systems. Yeah. So this, you know, is basically a very close step next could be a rollout of this in cars made by General Motors, made by Chrysler, made by Ford. I mean, Delphi, I believe, works with all the big car makers. One of the interesting things about this article was this, but humans at a central dispatch center would still be able to take control of the vehicle. So now we're talking about an automotive drone army. 
Mm. Right? So you have these buses and taxis and they lose their minds or whatever, their AIs. Right. You call them AIs, their minds of machines. <laughs> so they're out there and they're they're running over puppies and cracking oh. kids over. And some guy in the control center can be like, I should take over that taxi because I don't think that's such a good idea anymore. And they're remotely operating. So now there's going to be gigs out there. And this makes sense if you think about it. There's going to be gigs out there for people who are really, really good at the driving game. Like your Fast and Your Furiouses and all of your your Forzas and stuff like that. So if your kids are out there playing video games and they're really, really good at Forza, uh, send them to France so they can work autonomously controlling taxis. And don't uh, don't watch the movie iRobot with Will Smith. Yeah, don't watch that. Yeah, that would be a bad one too, juxtaposed (laughs) to this story. What's next, Robert? Are you are you uh, are you feeling the the electrons? Are you feeling the buzz, the energy? I feel bad about this next story because yeah. this was one of Mel's dreams. I think yours as well. Like Mel yeah. and you really, really, really wanted to go and steal electricity from a supercharger. Not you did no, and plug it in to your house. No, and run your house on Elon's dime. I think that uh, the only way I would consider using my car to power my house is if there was no electricity coming from the grid, mm-hmm. which would mean the supercharger likely has no electricity either. Unless it's solar powered with a power pack. <laughs> or, if I, or if I was off in a um, cabin or some sort of a remote location that was not hooked up to the grid mm. and I wanted to have some energy to like run a computer, a television, or something like that. So you're in a cabin in a lovely part of the woods and your first thought is, how can I get on my computer? Well, if you imagine that there's a lot of snow outside, you've just spent 10 hours outside, you're tired, you want to sit down, you want, maybe you want to watch a little movie, look up, hey, I saw this amazing bird. I really, what kind of bird was that? Mm, I see. I want to do a little looking into uh, enriching my experience in the in outdoors. The, if you're in the middle of the forest, you don't have internet, so you're going to rely on your stack of DVDs. And if you're in the middle of the woods and it's been snowing and you've been outside in 10 days, I recommend watching Fargo because it's cold. It's a fun movie. It's a cold weather. We're, again, we're just dumping into that whole apps and media section over and over again. Are but, we bored? But this story is from Clean Technica, so let's finally get around to it. There was research from the Hawaii National Energy Institute at the University of Hawaii, and they researched whether or not it was a good idea to tie your electric vehicle to your home. Robert, it was not. Don't yeah. do it. Yeah, the problem is that the chemistry in the car batteries is not the ideal chemistry to use for very frequent um, discharges, like basically going from like 80% to 20% every single day. That kind of cycling of those car batteries is detrimental to their longevity. But the chemistry that's in a power wall or a power pack is different. So even though the cells may look the same, the internal chemistry is different, which allows them to do better at this sort of slow daily discharge versus what you need in your car, which is bursts of energy and be able to pack in the energy when you plug it into a supercharger, pack it in really quickly. So they tested the 18650 NCA batteries. Uh, and they concluded that the use of an EV with V2G, that's vehicle-to-grid technology, could reduce the working lifespan of an EV battery pack to under five years of time, which would be terrible, terrible for if it's your, your very car. expensive car. Right. Right. And they 
they concluded also that if you did this twice a day, it increased your capacity loss by 75% and the resistance by 10%. I don't know what the resistance part of that is, but the 75% battery capacity loss seemed like a big deal. And doing it just once a day accelerated the capacity loss by 33%. So there was a compounding if you did it more than once. The team also found that the calendar <laughs> aging influenced the cells little enough that it was beneficial to charge the cells twice a day, which I did because I read this article. Yeah. I, re- I charged the Tesla twice yesterday just for really? the hell of it. And giggles, as it were. <laughs> it's a very, very uh, detailed paper. It was published in the Journal of Power Sources. And um, this is you know, some of the thing that we're learning about how to use electricity and batteries and storage. And I think it's great. I think, you know, we'll just keep moving forward. I wonder when the time will come when it'll be uh, cheap enough to make lithium ion batteries and the recycling of them will be so much more automated and less expensive that they end up just making one battery. And if the battery on the automobile or vehicle is, you know, running out in five years, using this vehicle-to-grid method, that they just replace it. Because it's better to have a bunch of cars plugged in during the day, helping to buffer when the clouds come over and the solar panels don't work, or the wind turbines aren't turning, because we're looking to move off of fossil fuels. Well, they actually concluded that it might be better overall in the long run to just charge your car more smartly and efficiently. So if the grid is being challenged, don't charge any EVs at that particular time. Smart charging. And the other thing I learned when reading this article is you can buy Panasonic 18650 batteries on Amazon. Actually, at Walmart, they sell 18650. Apparently at Walmart. The Panasonic version? No. You can buy the Panasonic battery that is inside your Tesla at Amazon, although they have all kinds of uh, people in the in the comments section saying they're unprotected and apparently, you, therefore, people are using them for really high-powered flashlights because hmm. they apparently are very powerful. So what you're saying is that if you found that there was like a mm-hmm. dozen cells not working in your car, you could take it all apart and replace them yourself? No, I didn't say that. Okay. I don't believe that was part of the conversation that we just had. But, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you're hearing voices in your head, Robert? Uh, hey, Google. Play Prince. Sure. Check out this Prince radio mix on YouTube. She's not swift. There we go. This is not the, the main song I would expect to be listening to for an intro like this. <laughs> so let me just say, this was completely unscripted. But... I wanted to talk about Prince the Artist, so hey, Google, shut up. How about just stop? Oh, can you say stop? Yeah. I you didn't don't know. have to say shut up. I don't That's know just it. rude, Robert. I don't – well, you know, sorry, Google, if I hurt your feelings. <laughs> but you're the biggest, you know, IT company that I know of. You shouldn't have such soft feelings. That's true. So Prince the Artist, it turns out, was a patron of solar power. He was and put his money where his solar power was. Not where his mouth was? I don't know. He probably did that as well. Yeah. So I guess in 2011, he had started a conversation with a friend who was a CNN commentator and a human rights agitator. And uh, they talked. And and what ended up happening was that 
he gave seed money to an organization that now supports entrepreneurship as well as solar power rollout. An incubator called Powerhouse in Oakland, California. And so he gave a lot of money. And this was all on the QT. It was just recently discovered. I'm not sure how. Maybe by going through his estate. I think Van let people know that Prince was doing this at some point is what happened. It was anonymous during Prince's life and then afterwards. And so they're very successful. And I think this is just a really cool thing. I think that, uh, you know, people who've got some extra cash, extra money can put their money where their mouth is and help to roll out – mechanisms that will not only support uh, disadvantaged communities, but improve entrepreneurialism in uh, renewable energy. Right. And and as this stuff has sort of dried up recently because of all kinds of different reasons, but there was $50 billion in venture capital to the solar manufacturing and biofuel startups in 2007, which was a bad year for, for, for investing, yeah. as you all remember. And uh, it was only $4.3 billion, uh, for clean energy VCs last year. That's, that's a huge drop that's off. That's a big, big difference. That would be orders of magnitude, as it were. <laughs> I know how you all love it when we use that sort like of Like really strong math terms. So have you been to the supercharger lately there, Tom? No, Robert. I haven't been to a supercharger lately. I have a charger in my home. Oh, don't, so you don't need to, to supercharge. Ah, you haven't been to a metro charger lately. I have not been to a metro charger. I found another light pole charger up the street from my house, though. Really? I have. Was it being used? It was not being used. The curb Ooh. is not painted. It is adjacent to a public park, which in itself is adjacent to a police station. Hmm. So there's typically a lot of cars parked there, but the last two times I drove by it, there were no cars parked there, and it's just sitting there on the light pole. But they didn't do any indicator on the curb. There's no parking meter, so you can just pull up to it, throw your charge point information in it, let your phone ring during the middle of the show. Hmm. It's the hospital calling. Super helpful. Yeah. Do you need to get that? I hope not. Well, I hope nobody's uh, – no. I'm not supposed to be working. So Do the it's words okay. bounce back mean anything to you? Bounce back. That is a dreaded word <laughs> in the world of emergency medicine. But we digress, Robert. Let's talk about superchargers. Superchargers. We love superchargers, as Mel says. Chargers, chargers, Do chargers, we? chargers. Do we love superchargers? You I love do. superchargers. I do. I think it's I, great. I want to have a much closer relationship with superchargers in the very near future. Uh, can I have my car? Yeah. I want my car. Yeah, you need your own. But then there aren't any superchargers here in San Fernando Valley other than Burbank, but there's going to be three or four more. Something I noticed, I was going through the Tesla supercharger map, mm-hmm. and it lists a lot of uh, you know these gray little teardrop symbols where they're coming soon, coming by the end of 2017. Mm-hmm. And people are like debating, where are they going to put them? Where are they going to put them? It turns out that over and over and over again, the gray uh, teardrops are not dropped where the supercharger is going. I'm confident of that because they have one dropped in Oxnard that's uh, on top of a uh, a bus transport company that has Yelp reviews of like one star. That's pretty hard to get one mm-hmm. star reviews. Yeah, that's and it's like in the old historic part of downtown Oxnard where I doubt they even have space 
to park an extra five cars without a lot of infrastructure for the electricity, certainly not for any solar panels or solar canopies. So you think it's some sort of a neighborhood. It's going to be around yeah, this area. it's going to be around the area, mm-hmm. somewhere in this region. So when there's, you know, uh, if there's a supercharger dropped like next to your house, probably what's more likely than not is that you happen to live in the uh, geographic center of that city. Yeah. Oxnard seems to be... A place where a lot of people want to charge. But I wonder if it's like sort of an inverse law. They put a supercharger there. Yeah. So that's where people stop. Or it's a logical space, time, distance, situation, mileage. Yeah, thing. I think they're trying to space them out so that even if you have the smallest battery pack, so like a which I do. A sixty in a Although S, I guess there are forties out there. There are. There's something like eight hundred forties. We just, S. we have a sixty. It's lovely. Yeah. So it's they just want to make it so that you can travel long distance mm-hmm. and make every supercharger stop and even have some redundancy if there's some problem like the supercharger is full. Oh. So I'm sure in Oxnard, they're going to put one on either side of the 101 freeway. There's actually a uh, second shopping center. Uh, I can't remember the elements or something like that. That's on the other side of the collection. And I actually scouted out a spot where I'm pretty sure they're going to put it. And um but I'm going to move on to what's actually here and now. Please. There are two new open superchargers. Which Where are they, Robert? doesn't make for much of an exciting week. Oh, come on. Two. That's, that's more than one. Well, you can go charge with Daniel Boone. I, so don't, I don't want to. Charleston, West Virginia. That's mm-hmm. where uh, Daniel Boone in 1791 was a member of the county assembly. Mm, that's cool. Tom, do you know what was mined in West Virginia before coal? If I read the show notes, I would oh, no! because you're not very good at this. But no, Robert, I have no idea what was mined in West Virginia before they mined coal. Salt. They mined salt. Evidently, there's salt brine that's mm, down under. Delicious. And they were bringing up the salt mine, uh, the salt from the salt mine. Mm-hmm. I guess this was before maybe making salt from seawater was uh-huh. popular. And that salt was very popular. It also contains number of chemicals in there. Like I lithium? wonder about the lithium. That would uh, that would help the coal industry if they got a gigafactory. Maybe that's what Elon should do: is put his next gigafactory in the place or area with the most carbon footprint in terms of jobs. Yeah. And then the coal people would be like, oh, I'm going to go get a job in the gigafactory. And it turns out my uniform won't be pitch black at the end of every single day. Nor will the lining of my lungs. Or the lining of my lungs. And so I agree. I think this would be a great place to throw up a gigafactory in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that they were mining coal in West Virginia to power the salt mines. Ooh. So that's an interesting twist of events. That's interesting. Charleston, West Virginia, Mm -hmm. capital of uh, West Virginia. And then the other supercharger is in Belgium. Mm, Belgium. In, well, I'm not going to say it. Maybe I should. Okay. Houston Zolder. Houston. Houston Zolder. H-E-U-S-D-E-N. We're not going to spell Now that I have friends from Belgium, I feel very, you know, Self-conscious. I should know As how to you pronounce. Should. You have yeah. friends in this room, and that doesn't keep you from banging on the table every 35 seconds. I'm just tapping so hard because I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm excited that there's a lot of superchargers that are going into construction and okay. that are being permitted. Mm-hmm. Um, but one more thing about Houston Soldier is that it was the home of the Formula One Belgian Grand Prix. It's not anymore? I don't think so. 
So where's the Belgian Grand Prix now? Somewhere else in Belgium. Wow, that's really detailed information. Thanks so much for doing uh, your homework. On that Construction one. has started in uh, superchargers in Washington, in Maryland. Which Washington? The state of Washington. We have a couple. Yeah, in the state of Washington. Okay. Maryland, mm-hmm. West Virginia. I'm sorry, Virginia. And in Croatia, another one in Belgium, France, and Lavik, Norway. You skipped over Kansas and Austria and Spain. Those Croatia? are where they pulled permits. Oh, okay. So they pulled permits in Kansas, Austria, Spain, and. Oh. Uh, let's see. I had it Norway. here. Norway? In Norway. Mm-hmm. Where did it go? Who doesn't love a good Norwegian supercharger? But this Norwegian supercharger is the furthest north supercharger on the planet. It's powered, from what I understand, by the Northern Lights. <laughs> so so Elon tweeted in between, uh, you know, crazy other things that Elon tweeted that this is going to be the world's first supercharger powered exclusively <laughs> by the Northern Lights. I don't know how he's doing it. Are you making that up? Some sort of ionic transfer device that he created in his, let's just call it Lair. Yes. Uh, no, I'm not making that up, Robert. How could I possibly make that up? So this is where it's located. Oh, I have to. Where is it located? And you were going to try to play some audio, I believe. Yes, here it is. Oh. Sorjosen. Oh, good. That was much more helpful. Sorjosen. This show has really gone downhill since Mel is off in Africa. <laughs> you know what, Tesla Nation? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm doing my best. But Robert has jumped the shark clearly on this show. So So, what's next? uh, I got a tweet from uh, at Mac Ben Tosh. You, my friend, are a Twitter machinist. (laughs) Ben has a couple of pictures he pulled, which I thought were very insightful. Okay. Uh, One shows the Model 3, the butt end of the Model 3 on the left corner panel Mm -hmm. that shows where the supercharger port is. And if you haven't seen yet, there's a lot of lot of pictures out now of Model 3 Mm -hmm. all over, inside, outside. The only pictures I haven't seen were of the undercarriage, basically. Mm -hmm. And so there's a panel. It looks pretty large, like maybe four by six inches that is just in front of the rear taillight That's where you would expect the supercharger and charging plug to be. Mm -hmm. And it angles upward. Looks a little bit precarious. It pops up as opposed to out? Yeah, pops up. Really like like levers up. It looks like it's a little Mm. bit on the delicate side. Maybe it isn't. And that's where the plug is. And so he noticed that there's an exact um, panel on the opposite side, like there is in the Model S, but it has actually the same sort of matted color to it. And it looks like it could suspiciously be a second charger port. Why would they put two charger ports on a car? That would be twice as much money on charger ports, plus the additional wiring. To what end? So for people who don't like to back their Teslas in, do you think there could be one for uh, right-sided driver cars. Now, do we know whether or not on the Model S right-sided driver cars, the port is on the other side or it doesn't matter? I don't think, I don't think it is on the other side. Mm. I think it's still on the left side as you look forward in the car. All right. But my, my thinking is that this might increase the um, ability for people to plug in at superchargers. So it would enable you to plug in on either side of the supercharger, and if you look at the supercharger that's in Neblens, Nebens, Norway, this is that huge uh, 20 supercharger 
um, location, mm-hmm. they have the superchargers in this most interesting, like sort of like general layout. And uh-huh. I'll put a picture of this in the show notes. That is that, a general layout. Yeah. So basically the superchargers just run down a center row mm-hmm. and you park your car either way, front, in front, with the back end, it allows a lot of variability in how you plug in the car, which would increase the likelihood that if somebody has finished charging, you could get plugged in even if the car normally would not fit in the right spot. So based on a single supercharger design in Norway, you have concluded that there will be a charge port on both sides of the Model 3. I haven't concluded, but I think it would be a good idea. Yes, it does increase the amount of uh, material that's required in the car, but if you make it easier for people, I think that's great. I mean, how many times have you, like, you're used to driving, let's say, a Japanese car, right? Mm -hmm. All Japanese cars have the gas fill on the driver's side. Correct. And then if you go to an American car, they have the gas fill on the passenger side. But they have an ingenious way when you're inside the car of letting you know. It's where the little gas tank symbol is. Yes. If it's on the left side of the gauge, yes. that means the the tank is on the left side of the car. If it's on the right side, yes. it means it's on the right side of the car. Or sometimes there's a little bit of an arrow. So they let you know they do, the car in a company's subtle way, inside. But, but still... People are creatures of habits. So you mm-hmm. go rent a car. It's yeah. a different it's version. True. And you pull into the to the gas station. You're like, oh, I have, to, oh. I have to wrestle with the hose and get it all the way across my or car. if you're one Mel Herbert and you're sort of a car in reverse challenged, <laughs> which he talks about ad nauseum on occasion. Can you talk about something ad nauseum on occasion? I guess you can be really annoying in short bursts. Anyways, he's not a good driver of the reversing and doesn't like it when he has to back his Tesla into a supercharger. So really, this would be perfect for him. Now maybe this flips the coin and he does get a Model 3. He's like, oh, now I don't have to worry about which direction I park my car in. So the next story, we have a link. We didn't really abstract it out, but I thought it was important, and I had thrown it in. Okay. It's basically U.S. Air Force has now turned to SpaceX to launch the next spy plane. Dun, dun, dun. Which is really cool because SpaceX can offer them a cheaper ride, and that's basically why. And so Elon's um, uh, focus and his uh, – or SpaceX's focus and plan to make space more affordable goes all the way up the chain of command – to the U.S. Air Force. Dun, dun, dun. So now the world's richest supervillain, Elon Musk, (laughs) is now in cahoots with the world's largest superpower. You want to spin up some more controversy? Biplanes. Spin it up, baby. It's just sort of my jam. You like it? I don't know. He's a fine human being. I mean, he just acts like a supervillain on occasion. Why? Because he takes Ambien? Well, there, no. You had to go there. I said he just acts like a supervillain on occasion with the private tunnels from his office to LAX Uh, and all the funky things that he's doing. It's cool. I'm going to Mars. All of the stuff. If you don't think that he got all of this from Bond films, uh, you are mistaken. Love it. Love it. (laughs) So just because he's making space cheaper. Yeah. They've got more people who want to go to space with them. I mean, I know you want to go to space with them. I don't know. You it might be could... fun to go up for a few hours and take a look at the uh, big blue marble from yeah. up there. You could tweet him while you're up there and he could be like, yeah. Done, been there, done that. <laughs> been there, done that. So SpaceX has a launch coming up. What? Yep. 
When? Saturday. Are you sure? Yeah. So a few days after you hear this podcast, that is if you hear it like when it actually comes out. If you're listening. Right. If you hear it a year from now, you'll go, oh, wow, another SpaceX and another reused Falcon 9 and another relanded. Another landed rocket. So this one is June 17th, 2017, to be specific. And at lunchtime. Oh, lunchtime. Saturday, a great place. lunchtime, at least lunchtime for us here on the West Coast. It's yeah. going to be between the launch window is 11.10 to 1.10 Pacific a, Daylight Time. That's a two hour window. Uh, or So you could have yeah. like a three martini lunch and watch a rocket go up holding what? What's going to be on this rocket, Robert? Bulgaria Sat 1 is the payload. It's the first geostationary communication satellite owned. By a Bulgarian company. Hence the Bulgaria Sat 1. Because if it was the 11th, it would be Bulgaria Sat, I don't know, 11. That's true. Unless they, they failed to launch 10, then it still would be the first one. <laughs> I guess that's orbit. a good point. I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> so it's going to provide direct-to-home television broadcast and data communications over southeastern Europe. They're going to refly a Falcon 9 booster. Ooh. They're going to land it. And uh, if you ever go to Florida... If. Are you ever... Yeah, we're talking about going to Florida. Mm, we you are not. You don't want to go see the Falcon Heavy? Of the three of us... Oh, I would love to see the Falcon Heavy. Yes. Of the three of That's us, what I'm talking one about. of us has, let's call it, a terrible relationship with the state of Florida. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't like Florida. Oh, my God. Do tell, Tom. No, I'm not going to... This is no, news. No, this is a very, very personal and private uh, yeah. situation. Maybe someday you can coax it out of me. Wow. But as of right now... Is this I like have, a legal issue? No, no, no. I, I am legally allowed to go to the state of Florida. Okay. I have several family members in the state of Florida. Okay. It's just that... Is it a problem with your family? Things? Very I don't tragic things have happened to my family in Florida. Yes, oh, yeah. that is correct. Okay. So you really want to kind of boycott Florida? I don't like Florida. I refer to it, and this is going to have to be edited out, so I'm going to say it very quickly. <laughs> I refer to Florida as America's <laughs> because look at it it's out there dangling it's flaccid the panhandle yeah. has like you know some boys hanging from it yeah. yeah I don't want any part of Florida oh you don't consider Louisiana the the, the, the no, balls no, no 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 Louisiana lovely lovely human beings yeah. great cuisine Florida I'm not a fan yeah I've only been to Florida once, but I would definitely go to Florida to watch the Falcon Heavy, and I am going to make plans to do that. The only problem is that, mm-hmm. you know what date it's going to launch? I don't. No, neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think they do at this point. It's but, a TBD. Yeah. Digging around uh, on websites about launches uh, from Florida, yeah. I found this fantastic website, launchphotography.com. So I'm assuming by its name, it's pictures of rockets launching. It has a few great Great pictures, but really, it's a travel log of where you go to watch and photograph launches from various launch pads. Oh, that's cool. So are they launching from 40? Are they launching from 39A? Are they launching from here or there? Where are they landing? Where you should go? What bridge you should park your car on? Is it only the Florida or is it yeah. the Vandenberg as well? Well, I only read through the Florida part, but it was great. That's cool. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So remember that this launch is taking, from, taking place from Launch Complex 39A. Tesla is still refurbishing Launch Complex 40, but should be operational by the end of 2017. And they're going to land back on Landing Zone 1, which is away from uh, Launch Complex 39A. Nice. And did you know, how many moons do we have here on Earth? We have one. 
We I'm, don't have – and actually, I'll be completely honest with you. Technically, it's not on Earth. We have zero moons on Earth. Right, except we for have, like photographs or Or if I pull models. my pants down, that would be like a yeah. moon. That, that would be a modeling thing too. <laughs> That's true. But what I believe you're referring to is how many moons do we have circulating the planet? And that is still one. Well, scientists did find this five-kilometer-wide asteroid that looks to be caught in Earth's gravitational grip and question whether or not Cruthene is a second moon. But it's not a second moon. Well, but a moon is a, a body that is captured by a planet and that circulates about it. It's in a huge— But it doesn't technically circulate around the Earth. What does it circulate around? The sun. And it occasionally <laughs> it occasionally it's like this weird elliptical sort of right. orbit and it occasionally is captured a tiny bit about thirteen million miles from the earth. But it's not thirteen million kilometers from the earth. It does travel but a it's long a way. Its orbit is like it's a it's a long orbit, seven hundred and seventy years. But I thought it was kind of like this could be good cocktail conversation. Right? If, it's an icebreaker. Yeah, no, it's pretty cool. If you go to Wikipedia and uh, search 3753 C-R-U-I-T-H-N-E, which is how this thing is spelled. I have no idea how it's pronounced. There is a little uh, diagram, a GIF or something of this thing and its orbit, and it shows – it kind of explains every once in a while it gets pretty close – to us, it gets pretty close to Mars. I think so. It says it takes 770 years to complete its horseshoe shaped orbit around the Earth. I don't know. My friend was at, talking about a uh, a meteor, an asteroid, something mm-hmm. uh, recently that was on a collision course for Earth, but it's like right. five or six thousand years away from being a possibility. I wonder if this was the thing, because it does occasionally right. get captured. And can you imagine one day, the Earth's just spinning around, and this thing gets kind of close, and all of a sudden, a little extra gravitational oomph happens, and it just gets sucked right into Earth. We would have no warning. I hope yeah. that doesn't happen. That would be like the asteroid or the, yeah, the asteroid that struck in the Yucatan region. And there was a great article I read about that. That, mm-hmm. where it struck at uh, – basically, if it would have been like a half a second earlier mm-hmm. or later, Uh-oh. it would not have struck this region off the coast of Mexico mm-hmm. that had a con- an enormous amount of silt under the water. Mm-hmm. It was sort of a shallow water with a lot of silt underneath it. Mm-hmm. And because the asteroid struck in that one area, this silt was ejected into the atmosphere and basically all the dinosaurs died. Oh. And if the asteroid would have struck a half a second later mm-hmm. and hit like hard land on the Mexican peninsula, uh, peninsula region mm-hmm. or earlier and just fallen into the ocean, mm-hmm. then the the dinosaurs probably would have survived uh-huh. and you and I would not be here. That's for damn sure because I want – one thing I want less – Yes. Then going into space yes. is to be neighbors with like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. That would be bad. I've that seen those movies. That's not going to happen. <laughs> so it turns out that Cruthine is an old Irish name. Yeah. And it was a king. The King Crudine, son of cringe. That's not at all interesting. And I don't know how it's pertinent to this conversation. But if I could speak in a good Irish accent, it would be really entertaining. Damn it, Mel. 
Why do you have to go to Africa? Oh, Mel's in Africa. Yeah. What's next, Robert? Well, I, I saw this interesting uh, picture online. I think I think it was on the Elonology Facebook page. I'm sorry? It was a uh, it's a picture of the perfect Tesla that you could use for your eco funeral. <laughs> Basically, it's a gunmetal gray Model S that's been modified into a hearse. This is in Europe. I think it's uh, – I, I can't remember where exactly in Europe, but I took a screenshot of it and I threw it in the notes because it's uh, it's remarkable. I, I love the commitment that people have to driving in a sustainable fashion even if it's your last drive. So this is a businessinsider.com story. I'm looking at this photo. It's a Tesla. It's uh, had its roof removed and put one of those – looks like kind of almost a Vanagon extended – uh, height situation, and they clearly extended the back of it behind the, the passenger rear door. Rear door. <laughs> right. This would be great if you're like an electrician, a plumber, someone who has a trade and needs to cart yeah. around a lot of tools and mm-hmm. supplies. This could be a new version yeah. of a Tesla before the pickup truck comes out. And if out. only the re- the second row of seats in a Model X folded down, you would be able to do this without any modifications. oh you know that model Uh, x that is so worth it to the miles and miles and miles of complaining that come with that car so tom do you have any apps or picks for this week i have none i'm done i'm over the app and media pick of the week seriously you haven't watched any media i watched a movie that i was forced to watch and i am not happy about it you know what i will say you will not defame so here's what happened I went, my son, who is 14, and his friend, who is also 14, wanted to go to a movie. They wanted to go to an R-rated movie. They wanted to go see Baywatch. I looked it up on IMDb. You got like 12? I looked at the parent's guide to make sure what I was getting my children into, uh, or my children and a friend of my children into. And so I bought a ticket because there wasn't, it wasn't terrible. It seemed like it was pretty campy and probably okay for them so i bought two tickets one for him and one for his friend and i went to the theater and i walked up to the front and i gave him my phone because i don't i don't use the paper ticket right oh, I and see. he scanned the little thing of the thing so you're saving and then i started saving to, trees right i started to walk away and he was like uh excuse me sir you have to go in because it's an R-rated movie. I said, but I'm giving permission right. for them to go. They're like, no, that's not how this works. You have to go in. So I had to buy another ticket, and I had to sit through Baywatch. And the saddest part about that is it's actually sort of entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> so you're ashamed Anyways, of yourself. Long story short. You're coming out now. It was, it, there's nothing about that movie that should have been at all entertaining, but I will give props and kudos to the writers yeah. because there's some funny shit in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. That's all I got. I'm very, very unhappy about it. Did you know The Rock? Rock's in the movie, right? Yes, sir. He may be running for president. Oh, good. Yeah. Another, I mean, I'm sure he's a lovely human being, but probably shouldn't be president. We've already done that in this country, the electing of the person who shouldn't be yeah, president. Yeah, we did that even in California. We've had an actor as as president right. and governor of California. Right. Maybe that's who you're, you're referencing. Oh, he did a terrible job, yes. in my opinion, as well. That's, and he now did we awful have, for emergency uh, care. And now we have a reality star as the president of the United States. So why not The Rock? 
please. So do you have an app in media, Robert? I have a plethora. Of course you do. Can you just narrow it down to one, please? We have to get on with the show. So there's a very quick uh, YouTube video on LiveScience.com of the first ever high-speed footage of a lightning strike on a building. And what's really remarkable, so they set up this camera uh, in a number of places. I'm not sure where around the world, but this was in Brazil. And they had a, a fellow who's a avid uh, lightning enthusiast, lives in a part of Brazil where they get a fair amount of lightning. Lightning they, enthusiast? Yeah. That's a thing? I think so. Cool. And so they put a high-speed camera, which takes like 70,000 frames per second. That's a lot of frames. That's huge. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine having to go through that footage? Like one day's worth of footage would take you 10 years to watch. And I'm assuming it's digital and not uh, film. I would sure Nobody's having to like hand retouch (laughs) each frame individually. (laughs) So anyway, they had this going during a lightning storm and they showed – pictures of a lightning strike and the question is right does lightning come only from above or does the lightning actually come up from the ground and they show what the lightning looks like there's a building the lightning is coming i'm I'm pulling up a picture so i can show tom this while i'm talking Mm -hmm. they show this building and the arcs start emanating upward from the two buildings um, lightning rods mm-hmm. and meet this enormous bolt. And the bolt actually splits on the way down, heading towards the two buildings. It only hits one of the buildings mm-hmm. because I guess it got closer or there was less resistance or something. But there's an enormous flash. It's a really cool video to watch and basically gives you and these researchers a lot of information about how lightning acts and this would help them to improve safety in tall buildings and on the ocean how do we best protect people from lightning basically if you're in a lightning storm um get inside oh wow that's a that's a good tip right there i think that's an old old tip that's a pro tip right there pro tip yeah not not unless you're up on a mountain which i was once at about twelve thousand feet during a lightning storm that was exciting so there's a podcast i started listening to called masters of scale Mm -hmm. entertaining podcast it's sort of billed as a you know if you want to be successful in tech listen to this podcast and you're going to learn all this stuff and really i just heard some really great stories cool yeah and uh Instead of a an app of the week, I'm going to uh, talk about this little speaker that I ended up getting called Ultimate Ears. How many media picks? Now we're giving electronics advice on this show? What is wrong with us? So I like listening to the news. I like listening to music and podcasts. But when mm-hmm. you're in the shower, have you tried to listen to anything? Yes. Yourself singing? No, I have a speaker outside of the shower, a big jawbone ah. box that I attach my phone to via Bluetooth. Well, so do I now. And this one can go in your shower. In fact, you can take this and put it in the pool. It's completely waterproof. Is it watching you? No, it doesn't have any watching eyes. Yeah, it's just a speaker, Bluetooth, and it's really awesome. It's a little kind of cubey thing or a little whatever, little round oval barrel. Just, it looks like, I would call it cylindrical. It looks like it looks like the thing they put sake in. Mm, okay. Yeah. That the, the old school way of putting sake. And that right. was Robert once again banging it on the table. Thank you. I'm doing all I can to upset you, Tom. <laughs> Why don't you give us some letters? What time is it? It's time for the best part of this show, and that is letters. And the first letter comes from Aaron <laughs> Schneider, and the subject line is Cali and China. That's I don't know right. what that means, but he says, hey, guys. Just saw this bit of news, and given the recent events with the Trump administration and the Paris Climate Agreement, I thought you'd enjoy this tasty morsel. And it turns out 
I did. Enjoy that tasty morsel. Yes. Thanks, Aaron. He's an EM doc. Did you enjoy the tasty morsel? I always love when there's uh, resistance that helps move us forward. And basically it shows the president of China and the governor of California uh, committing to uh, continuing our work to decrease the amount of carbon we put out. The very next day after the Paris Climate Accord was torpedoed by Donald Trump, uh, Jerry Brown was on the television talking about deals with Canada and Mexico. Over a billion people, he said, in, in conjunction with California, are going to continue on with this climate positivity. So take that, Washington, D.C. How about John Erickson? He's got How some advice him? for you. Ooh, for me? For you. For me. He Go says, ahead. He says he went to the uh, Tesla used car section. Pre-owned. No, it's now called used. They like, changed the name of it. I like the it. word pre-owned. You do? Mm -hmm. Elon said it's BS, so he went back to the real number. <laughs> and so he said that uh, he had put a deposit on a car with 93,000 miles that was 36.5. Yeah. And it has was loaded, and he gives all the details here. It's got everything on it. Uh, but he had put a deposit on one that was 39, but he found one for 36.5. And he's saying, Tom, there's deals out there. There's a lot of them. Jump on it. I've been looking, actually. Tell me, I spent tell me. the last couple of days looking at them, and there are a ton of cars with a lot higher mileage than they've ever put on. I also believe that Tesla has changed the website again and not made it location-specific because I was getting a whole gigantic list of cars. Yeah. And when I clicked on somewhere in New York, somewhere in D.C., somewhere in L.A., right. so either something happened with my cookies and my thing got reset or Tesla changed the way it was showing cars. I think they should because what if you're looking for a car to yeah. convince your brother? I want a specific – well, I just want to know if I'm looking for a specific car. So there are a lot of cars. And I'll be honest with you. Uh, there are some cars at pretty good prices with original autopilot and a lot of other features, you know, still in the $70,000 range, but they're fully, fully equipped with a lot of things. And I wonder as we get closer and closer and closer, because I like driving the Model S. Yeah. I don't, I would really rather have the new autopilot, but maybe for my driving, I could get away with original autopilot. Might right. be good enough. I don't know. So I don't. You know, again, I don't know. It just keeps adding to the decision-making process. And as you know, I have mm, decision catatonia at times, <laughs> decision anxiety at other times. Yes. I'm not a good decision-maker. Well, all right. But thanks, John. And the next letter comes from John Ford, and he has some predictions. He has hinted that the semi-reveal this September is a much-watch situation, and it got John thinking the semi will have a huge AR heads-up display. Augmented reality heads-up display. And Elon will announce that the heads-up display is going in the S and the X. Do you mm. believe that? Um, he's been really down on the whole a HUD heads-up display thing. And then Elon will personally drive the semi onto the stage, which would be... I want to stand in the back of the crowd then. Awkward. 
<laughs> Maybe he'll just have it drive itself. Maybe. I think he'll summon it. I think what's going to happen is that they're going to bring the Tesla Semi out with a trailer on the back that's really cool looking, not some like beat up uh, trailer that's been going back and forth to the port of uh, San Pedro, but some really slick looking aerodynamic smooth trailer Tesla on the side. And you know what I think is going to drive out of the back of the trailer? Uh, I don't know. A Tesla? A Tesla Model Y. Ooh, or the Tesla truck. No, I think it's going to be the Y. Although that's a stretch. A that's a dual huge event? stretch. That's a dual event. It, it might be a, you know, just an alpha, maybe not even one that actually drives because they're talking about redoing the entire platform of the Y. But yeah. since he showed a picture of the Y, mm-hmm. you know, that little silhouette um, teaser mm-hmm. alongside the semi, I have a feeling that or, or wonder if they would actually roll out both the Y and the pickup truck. That would be Huge. They'll just keep continue to roll out model after model after model. So he's betting us, Tom. Uh, John is betting us a bottle of wine for a case of beer. And uh, since I don't really drink either, I'm going to just uh, hold back. But there's a <laughs> few more John letters coming up. Oh, that's great. The next letter, however, is from Trent Edie, as in emergency department. Trent Edie. Yeah, but he's not. I don't think he works in the emergency no, department. No, I don't know. He may or he may not. And he wanted to recommend a little-known YouTube channel called HyperChange TV that makes amazing videos about Tesla from a financial perspective. And we talk about Tesla financially a lot on this show. So yeah. that's very cool. And, I, and thanks you. to Trent for uh, sort of keeping the Seeking Alpha uh, news stream positive because he's like the only one who writes anything positive on that about tesla i'm gonna let you read the next letter <laughs> you're welcome you can just take over this part of the of the show i'll wait this is from uh i, I, I think <laughs> it's zibnik zibnik velovsky yep that sounded Ves- pretty good veselovsky it's great i'm, I'm or getting... veselovsky veselovsky zibnik veselovsky we'll just start the show now yeah let's do it <laughs> He's writing us from Stavanger, Norway, and he says he loves the show, uh, but he got thrown off of the train because he was laughing so loud while listening to our show. Boy, (laughs) I'm sorry. I hope you didn't have to buy another ticket. He said he almost got thrown off. And you know what? If you would have got thrown off, damn it, it would have been worth it, and I would have bought him another ticket personally. (laughs) He's correcting our geographic shortcomings, our knowledge lack, because he's telling us where the seed vault is actually Located. Oh, well, good. It's in Svalbard, which is an Arctic archipelago on and part of Norway. He's sure the Swedes would love to have it, but unless they board their log boats to occupy it, it will still belong to Norway. Oh, and he says that, oh, this is sad. The end part of it is the actual reason for his message is to hear what Mel does to his poor name, and we got to destroy his poor name, and Mel didn't even get an opportunity. I think Mel should call it in. So, Zibnik, uh, we're sorry. We'll, you know what? We'll see when Mel gets back, if well, he gets back. Let's just w- throw without this letter a, in in a couple weeks. Without a bot fly or anything like that. <laughs> we'll, we'll have him just struggle with the name, and then uh, we'll say, ah, forget it. We already talked about this letter. The next message from Trevor Armstrong is also primarily for Mel. Well, he says that he's uh, an emergency medicine intern, and he talks about his experience uh, and delight 
working in emergency medicine, and I look forward to seeing him at ASEP sometime. But um, he does, he's worried that he's not going to get the chance to buy an EV. But I tell him that, look, by the time you finish residency, uh, autonomous EVs are going to be circulating all around the major cities, and you might just not even want to own a car. And if you're going to go to a conference because you want to learn something about emergency medicine, <laughs> ASEP is not the conference that you should go to. You should, of course, always go to the Essentials of Emergency Medicine course. That's in May in Las Vegas. It's a great course. And you know what? I know you're a former Cal ASEP president or maybe even a current Cal ASEP human being. You people human make being. some terrible educational conferences. Well, it's a leadership meeting. It's yeah. much more than just a conference. I know. So is Essentials. <laughs> <laughs> What's next, Robert? Jim Fritz is uh, writing us about Tesla clubs, and uh, he's interested in starting a Tesla club. We talked about this a little bit last week from the Driftless region, and he, he compliments you mm -hmm. with your knowledge of that part of the United States, the unglaciated yeah. You know, Wikipedia and me, we're, we're pretty tight when learning about things. So I was just reminding him uh, that uh, there is a club in Minnesota, though it's not a Tesla sanctioned club uh, that I don't know whose choice that is. But that uh, to be clear that if you want to start a Tesla club and it be sanctioned, that it you need to actually own a Tesla. So the leadership of Tesla clubs, uh, the decision makers in Tesla clubs are Tesla actual owners. So mm. It's called the Tesla owners club ah. but if you're a fan of tesla and you're like a reservation holder you're certainly welcome at most club events i can't speak for every club but um you know it's a it's about power you know, to the people literally and uh i encourage you to get involved and uh, i put him in touch with the toc worldwide which you can find on both twitter and facebook as the sort of central um, communication hub for all of the Tesla Owners Clubs, the official Tesla Owners Clubs. And the next letter is from Duke Lam, and he has an all-glass roof question, and he wants us to clarify the all-glass roof option, which I believe last week in a 17-minute YouTube video, Mel made more confusing than he ever possibly could have. So, uh, Robert, can you tell us if the metal roof and panoramic roof is not an option. What is the standard base roof? They mention all glass roof is optional. I guess that's more money. But the one thing that he doesn't say is what the hell car he's talking about. That's is true. he talking about the S or is he talking about the tray? Yeah. Well, when it comes to the tray, the trois, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Good. And so uh, when it comes to the Model 3, we don't know. Every car that I've seen, and I've probably seen maybe 10 to 15 Model 3s, mm -hmm. uh, both online pictures and on the test track in, in Fremont, they've all had the glass roof or the sunroof. Which is the panoramic. It used to be called the panoramic right. sunroof. But now but it's But that's just confusing the because the, the all-glass roof is actually more panoramic right. than the old panoramic sunroof. So three roofs out there. There is a... Body color roof. Which probably is not available on the Model 3. I don't know. That we have yet to see one. We have yet to see it. Yet it's to very see true. a Model 3, either the Alphas or any of the test cars that you've seen with the all-metal roof. So in history of Tesla Model S cars, we have seen a body-colored roof, mm -hmm. a sunroof, and an all-glass roof. Right. That's the current terminology being used. The body color roof is... Uh, 
No more. It's body colored. Yeah. It's metal. You can't see through it. It's opaque. And the all, but now all you have your choices of the glass roof and the sunroof. Correct. And honestly, the glass roof is fantastic. It's unbelievable. It's huge. It's wonderful. I truly recommend it. Although I did see something that was a, a, a little bit disturbing online. There was a Model 3 with this interesting little bulbous sensor taped on the top of the glass roof. Mm-hmm. And somebody's were speculating, oh, my God, LIDAR, blah, 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 blah. And it turns out it was something available online. It was a UV detector. And mm. the thinking is that Tesla is trying to figure out, does the UV that actually gets into the car, right? If you're in an, under an all-glass roof, mm-hmm. you're in the sun all the time you're Ooh. driving. So now – you know, if you didn't choose to have like a convertible experience, you're still getting all that UV. Ooh. And that UV is also hitting the seats, which could be shortening the life of the seats. Ooh. And so I think they're doing some additional testing. That's my assumption. UV coating on the way. Well, the the all glass roof, and I, I believe the, the sunroof as well, blocks a lot of light. Blocks light, blocks UV, blocks heat. I think it does a great job. They're probably just doing some additional testing. I hope they don't find anything like, uh, dear Robert, we would like to inform you that the UV rate that you're receiving is too high and we need to replace your roof. That <laughs> would be bad. The next message, letter, uh, email situation comes from Ben Brown. And he says there's a great bit of news for us in the UK that he thought he would share with us. He also says, while you're at it, do I have any better idea for the release dates of Model 3? I don't know when Model 3 will hit uh, right-hand drive countries. Elon said it would be in a year, so like July of 2018. Uh, I'll go on that. I'll go on that as long as, again, as long as parts and supplies flow like they should. The roof on the Model 3, uh, getting back to our last writer, I don't know. We don't know what it's going to be. It would be awesome if they could pull it off and give everybody the all-glass roof. That would make Model 3 even further uh, an amazing car beyond all the other electric cars. But I looked at the article that he sent us, Mm -hmm. and basically it's renewables provide more than half – of the United Kingdom electricity for the first time. Woohoo! Was it on a Sunday, Mel? Go, UK! Mel's not here. Mel's not here. It wasn't. It was in the middle of the week. It was on Wednesday at lunchtime. Power from wind, solar, hydro, and wood pellets? That doesn't feel renewable. No. It it supplied 50.7% of UK energy. And if you add in the nuclear, by 2 p.m., low-carbon sources were producing 72.1% of electricity. I would not call wood pellet burning a low-carbon option, but I don't know what percentage... Uh, he was talking about maybe that's how they convert some old power plants and keep them viable. But, you know, truly, if you grew the trees, mm-hmm. they sucked in a bunch of carbon. Yeah. Now you're putting it back out. Right. So it's kind of like probably carbon neutral as long as you replant trees to replace the trees that you took Potentially. Down. And I guess if you're you're harvesting the trees anyways and you're making the pellets out of sawdust. Right. And, and the leftover detritus from, you know, making furniture for Ikea. I freaking love the word detritus in so many ways. <laughs> And so the article also notes that there are records for wind power being set all across northern Europe. It's been, I guess, windy there this year. Yeah, I think it's generally pretty windy over there in the north of the They Europe. said that at one point, the amount of wind power that was being generated cost, caused the, the momentary price of wind electricity to drop to one-tenth. 
of its normal level. Wow. And then we got a lovely letter from Philippe Ferenz of about an electric article about cheap new certified pre-owned S vehicles that we did speak about. Philippe, thank you very much for the article. Everybody keep encouraging Tom. Maybe he will buy an S. The trigger will be pulled at some point on, yes. a, on a Tesla. I mean, it's yes. going to happen. Yes. It's just a matter of tempo. We got uh, one, two, three <laughs> more letters from John Ford in all kinds of things. Take on oil versus coal in an article about consensus. Once again, John, thank you very, very much. I have learned a lot, and we appreciate your continued support of the show. The next letter comes from <laughs> I spent Wayne. time reading this thing. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did. Oh, go ahead. So yeah. did I. But, I mean, you want to talk about it? Go ahead. I guess the bottom line is um, – I don't agree <laughs> with with any of the three articles. No, the that article the article from Molecular Imaging Biology Ooh. was a good article, and it quotes Michael Crichton uh, at a Caltech lecture that he gave in 2002 about something called consensus science, where basically everybody says, "Well, you know, for years they've been saying that uh, you got to check the the white blood cell count, and if it's up, then the patient must have appendicitis. But mm. if it's normal, the patient can't have appendicitis." This is sort of like a classic medical controversy. Is this if they have right lower quadrant pain as exactly. well or exactly. if they have just elevated white blood cell count no, if they it has have right to be... lower quadrant pain <laughs> and the surgeon believes and still to this day mm-hmm. surgeons still ask us and kind of debate with us that if the white blood cell count which is the uh, infection fighting cells are normal then the patient probably doesn't have an appendicitis mm-hmm. and that has been proven wrong so many times but the consensus remains among many surgeons, surgeons. that this is truth and this article says you should push up against consensus. You should not uh, just go with what the quote experts say. But the problem is that he's using this argument, John, to say that climate science is just opinion that all this carbon, all the methane, all the floral fluorocarbons that have been emitted are not causing climate disruption. And the reality is that there's been so much research mm-hmm. that it's no longer like an opinion. Mm-hmm. So I think the the article and the letter misses the point. Oh. Shall we go to Wayne Conover? Oh, please. And he talks about Model 3s being used as police cars. Yeah. And his theory is that within two or three years, the Model 3 will become the de facto choice for patrol cars for most police departments across the country. That would be really cool as long as I got mine first. Yeah. <laughs> and you didn't have to choose black and white. Think about all the leftovers. Oh. You know, the when they get rid of the police cars and they still have sort of like the black and white colored door and, and corner panels, uh-huh. and uh, but they pull all the other equipment and stuff out. So we could have a, like a Blues Brothers EV. Oh, where they go, the Blues bro- Brothers 2020, where they're like being chased across the country by 10,000 police remake. officers, but they have to stop for superchargers. <laughs> <laughs> and then they can play blues at the supercharger oh, stations. That would be, That'd awesome. be great. So this is really funny because two years ago, maybe now uh, two and a half years ago now at the National Drive Electric Week event day thing month <laughs> situation. I actually, which is coming up. I met this guy who was one of the facilities uh, car guys for the LAPD because they brought yeah. their Tesla Model S 
black and white. Mm-hmm. It has badging of the LAPD. It even made a special light bar that fit on the top of a Tesla. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, Bluetooth connected to the car. And he said that they are seriously considering using the Model S to drive because it already has a big screen and a computer in the car. And Tesla said that they would work with them to try and make it so that they could just, instead of having to retrofit American cars use the computers that are already in the Tesla and they would save them a lot of money. And Wayne is trying to take away my thunder with my comedy situation. And he writes this. The great part about using Model 3s as police cars is that this may ease Mel's fear of Tesla superchargers being overrun with Model 3 newbies. And he uses a very cliched thing about police officers, and he predicts all donut shops and Starbucks will install their own superchargers for use by police customers. If there was a supercharger at, say, my local donut shop, I would weigh 898 pounds. And in fact, just last night, I enjoyed an evening with a former police officer, and I gave him a little dig about the donut shop thing, and he's like, where did that come from? And I wonder... Where did it come from? Uh, Clancy on The Simpsons, I believe, is what made it? it, put it into our lexicon. Yeah. I mean, prior to that, I think, you know, because police stations are high anxiety uh, places to go, it makes sense for them to have donuts when families come in to deal with tragic things that maybe have happened to one of their family and offer them a soothing fried sugar filled donut <laughs> situation, not because police officers want donuts, but because no. they are providing a service to the people of this country. Actually, what Leon told me was that, you know, if you're on patrol and it's like two o'clock in the morning. Where do you go for a good cup of coffee? You don't go to the police station. No. Because evidently the food there sucks. You also don't go to Starbucks. Well, so they would go to wherever there was coffee. Winchell's. And he said that they would get so self-conscious that they would just go in quick, get their coffee, and then go drive to some vacant parking lot uh-huh. and sit and talk and write paperwork and you know basically be in ready mode right. for calls. And they no longer want to sit at, at donut shops because it just looks bad. Yeah, if I had a 24-hour diner, I would be more than happy to provide coffee to my law enforcement and officers. Yes. But just don't sit out in the parking lot? Oh, the next letter comes from, and God, I wish Mel was here, Jean-Francois Dumas-Roussine. And I don't know if we got a letter from him saying I did a good job or a bad job, but he says at the bottom of this letter he looks forward to hearing Mel destroy his name again. Uh, so I don't know if we did that right or wrong. Yeah, he's he's – Speculating as well about the big semi-reveal. Will it be a new upgraded supercharger or will it be the Tesla pickup? Oh, um, it'll be all of those things. Yeah, maybe it'll be that and the Model Y. Maybe it'll be everything. Also like a Tesla Roomba to like uh, vacuum up your house. I want Tesla everywhere. I want like a Tesla TV that charges itself like the panel is just a big solar panel. So that, you just carry it outside in yeah, the morning. I just charge, charge up my TV. TV right. No, it, it carries itself out because Ooh. it's a robot. And it's on top of the vacuum mm-hmm. cleaner. I mean, if we're going to speculate, let's speculate big. Go big. Well, Lucian Wu also gave us a letter about the Tesla Semi. He thinks the Semi is going to be built at Gigafactory 1. That's in Sparks, Nevada. Mm -hmm. He says it's because the Tesla Semi will reach, quote, volume production in two years. And he says that's not enough time to actually build a factory to build the Semi. 
It's enough time to retrofit a factory, though. But I agree. Right. I think more and more as we move forward, and, and Elon has alluded to this, that the Gigafactory will be used, my guess is, more than likely to build at least the initial run of Model Ys if we get into that situation. So it does make sense. There's... You know, you see the uh, the drone, the helicopter, the aerial photographs of the Gigafactory. Right. What I've noticed in the in the area around it yes. is that there's nothing. Yeah, there's right? a so lot. So that of... thing could literally be as big as they want it to be. Right. It's just a matter of how do you get people in and out to operate it. And in fact, test loops, test loops, no exactly. hyperloops, all kinds. Well, no, of... even just boring. Just bring people in right. through the tunnels, and mm-hmm. I'm sure that's part of the plan. I just want to know where the tunnel access is going to start because I want to buy some real estate there. And so it turns out Google bought like a bunch, a bunch of land. I don't know, something like 2,000 acres in that region. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of big warehouse buildings that I'm sure that Tesla could just snap up. But at the same time, I don't know that they want to put all their beans in one basket. So I have a sense that they're going to spread this around. And like you said, West Virginia would be an awesome place to give a bunch of jobs to people who've been displaced from the coal mines. I did say that because I am a forward thinker. High five. The next letter comes from David Lightfoot. It's PV plus hot water. And he is from Australia. And he's listened to all 89 episodes. Holy mackerel. That is a That's lot. That's more than you. Oh, way more than me. <laughs> I, have, I have listened to eight episodes. He's <laughs> saving his pennies for Tesla. Well, I am as well saving my pennies for Tesla. And uh, so this is about uh, our talk of temperature versus roof solar reminded me that these guys at tactile.com.au who have integrated tiles that look good on your roof already on market and seem as tough as Tesla. They also run water through the tires to cool them, which I think is actually a really good idea. Well, he's saying that this is a way to combat the heat that's generated on the roof. And you get hot water. And you get hot water. So it's like, wow, what an amazing win-win idea. Why didn't uh, Elon think about this? I don't know. Maybe because it's kind of... Uh, it's hard to give an infinite warranty to water coursing through tubes on your roof above your house. That could be a problem. Also, he gives three PSs. And I'm going to concentrate on the middle one, the PPS, as it were. Ah! Tom is clearly the smartest. The next letter is from Faulkner White about the pronunciation of Tesla. Not Tesla. No. And he says Elon doesn't even know how to pronounce the name of his own company he the says, word is tesla ask not... a freaking hungarian and i have yes hungarian friends yes and so i'll ask them yeah i eat at a restaurant that's run by hungarians but i call it tesla so i must be correct yeah i mean if we changed our everything on the show and said it's time for talking tesla we might lose like a third of our listeners yeah and then he gets into all kinds of things about nomenclature and syllables and secondary yeah, accents primarily and... for mel who isn't a primary english speaker he's a Primarily Australian speaker. But Australians speak English. You know that, right? I mean, that's not – there's not a surprise to anyone. Do we have anything else or can we end this show? I think we need to walk away. I I don't know how long we've been talking, but I think it's been about nine and a half hours. Uh, Has it been that long? This might be the longest show in the history without Mel, which is amazing. And I think that's because he's not here to control the two of us droning on and on and on. No, usually he just rolls his eyes and sits back and... Yep. So that's it. Talking Tesla 90 is in the books. Mel will not be here next week because he's still going to be in Africa being stalked by my Lion King. 
We will be here, though, and there will have been a Tesla launch. Oh. I mean, a SpaceX launch uh-huh. and land. And do you expect it's going to be boring? Wow. <laughs> We're going to end the show on a pun. That's awesome. Really nicely done. My name is Tom Wolfson. And I'm Robert Rosenblum. And Mel is not here. Hey, Google, where the hell is Mel? Sorry, I don't know how to help with that. Yeah. Hey, Google, this show's awesome, isn't it? My apologies. I don't understand. Yeah, we oh, don't We boy. don't either. Oh, boy. All right, Tesla Nation, we'll see you, see in you a week. for 91. Love it. Ciao. Talking Tesla is a production of Fully Boo Incorporated. Hosted by Mel Herbert, Tom Wilson, and Robert Rosenberg. Edited by Eliza Jane Barnes. And produced by CC Herbert and Mel Herbert. To support Talking Tesla, go to patreon.com forward slash talking Tesla. To find our referral codes, go to talkingtesla.net forward slash about. And finally, if you love the show, go write us a review on iTunes.